Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, and I am your host, Ronnie Landis. We have an incredible interview lined up for you today with my dear, dear friend, Layla Love, who is back for the second time. And this interview goes into some deep, deep territory of exploring transformation, exploring humanitarianism, exploring the sovereignty process of one's own liberation, exploring activism, and exploring to the need to be a beneficial presence on the planet in these days and times that we live in of great turmoil and also great hope and great inspiration. And Layla Love is a world-famous photographer and somebody that I spent about seven or eight months um, bunked up with in a nice big house in Kauai, and we were roommates, and we saw all different shades of each other's personality and temperament. And it was a beautiful experience of transformation for both of us and really working through a lot of our own um, areas of growth because Layla is really truly an artist in every sense of the phrase. She has an artistic flair and and a visionary quality to everything that she gets involved in. And she has been involved in some extraordinary projects and has worked alongside some of the most extraordinary human beings on the planet, including Ricky Beebe of the Agape Church, Michael Bernard Beckwith, Alex Gray, Nassim Haramein, Russell Simmons, Gloria Steinem, and many, many other amazing human beings. And so this conversation, again, was just really about exploring the depths of the human condition and flushing out some incredible gemstones that we can all use in our everyday life to empower ourselves so we can be the most beneficial presence on the planet and we can really make the mark in the world that we are here to make. So... There you have it. Get ready, buckle your seats, and enjoy this conversation between me and Layla Love. Welcome, Layla Love. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Annie. (laughs) (laughs) For all of you that are listening back there, out there, wherever you are, Layla Love, one of the world's great visionary artists, photographers, and many other things. Uh, she has been, we have been roommates for the last like six, seven, eight months. And we had actually done an interview together about maybe 20 episodes ago. You guys can look that up. Um, really great interview. But I decided that, uh, you know, I just had to have Layla Love back on the, back on the show because we just have these incredible conversations, right? Like we, like, 
every other night or so we'll find ourselves that, you know, as, as the sun is coming down out here in the backyard, just having these great philosophical, um, conversations about any which thing, right. About health and healing and the nature of, of, uh, the nature of nature, the nature of life and the healing of the world and our own healing and all those amazing things. So I just figured like, Hey, let's do another, let's do another episode together. Simple as that. (laughs) And here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What an incredible journey to be able to share time with comrades and colleagues and really dive deeper over an extended period of time. And I think that's one of the beauties and values that um, I'd love to suggest for all people to add to their life is longevity, mm-hmm. longevity of relationships, longevity of hobbies and passions and service. But to really, our, our culture, I think, is so fast for instant gratification and more and more and more and more and sometimes it's nice to really stop and honor what already is you know Mm. that's no that's actually a brilliant point to open this whole conversation up on because I notice you know between you and me and you probably notice this with the people closest to you there's certain themes or threads that lead most of the conversation so I feel like with you and me a lot of our conversations have to do with the theme of personal service, you know, balancing our professional goals with actually being of the service to life and giving back to life that has obviously given us everything. Um, And the other theme that typically comes up between you and me is this idea of having a long trajectory, having a long view with your life, opposed to having that instant gratification and getting distracted by shiny objects, which happen all the time in our world, right? So, you know, let's talk on that for a second. You know, just what it, what it, you know, hand it off to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that there's something so sacred and strong and beautiful in cultivating things that take time and really having patience and seeding deeper understanding and deeper roots and, um, I think it's sort of quintessential for culture now to heal culture. We've got to choose a few things around us that we truly love and pour energy into them and start right there. So with all this chaos that there is at hand, I think the most essential quick fix is if everybody in the world just helps and listens to and honored one or two people that were in close proximity. I mean, I know it's a cliche concept, but it's one that actually needs to be applied to work. So that's how funny something you just said. I just thought about, you said that, um, you know, the quickest, the quickest fix, right? Like we often, our society, we think like, oh, well, we need to drop a nuclear bomb on, on this country. We need to, we need to go to war. Like that's a quick fix. Right. That, That would be an immediate reaction. But in reality, Showing more love, more compassion for our fellow man and fellow woman and, you know, uh, animals and so forth. That actually is the quick fix. Well, it's the only fix. It's right. not the quick fix. I mean, it's yeah. Just that, that, yes. That Thank we you. have, it's the only option. And yes. so it's like either we're going to get on it or we're going to keep pussyfooting around it and getting nowhere, you know, except 
Groundhog Day. Like, how many? This is like 60 wars. Groundhog Day, wow. 60 wars since World War II, the war to end all wars. 62 global wars the U.S. has been engaged in. So, as a citizen of this country, you know, like, I'm appalled. And it's just so we're living in a war machine, right? So to be the counterbalance, but people also can rise. Like we have also free will and we have power and you and I speak about it all the time about cultivating that self-perseverance, that self-determination that even when no one's watching, like you are accountable for you, period. End of story, no questions beyond that. Like, mm-hmm. And so for now... I think, yeah, each of us has to be take dominion over our lives to the best of our ability while while realizing the reality that there's there is a system that is hard at work to enslave us all, you know, to different varying degrees. It's a divide and conquer strategy. And so yeah, coming together and strengthening yourself, strengthening your own heart, your own mind, doing art, doing creative expression, using anger and rage and pouring it out through song and prayer and poem and in nurturing your own self. And then, you know, maybe once you've got your basic needs met, then it's like, all right, what can I do instead of what can I receive? Mm. Like once you've received enough, stop. Just stop and allow yourself to give. Like the... So it has to ebb and flow, not just flow. Yeah, and and you've you've cultivated this and and live have lived and are living this the ideas that you're sharing. So it's not even like you're saying something that just sounds nice. Obviously, you believe in it, but it's actually something that you each and every day improve upon living. Right. And that's what I just want people listening to this that think like, well, it sounds nice and she sure sounds really positive. Um, but it doesn't maybe it doesn't sound practical or I don't know in my own life with all my needs or the concerns that people have. Um, they might not know quite how to to bring that into their life, but it's really not complicated. Right. It's a it's a how you live your life. Yeah, but it's if you make it fun, you know, and you make it brave and you be bold and you step outside the status quo and you step outside the rat's race and step into something more purposeful, more passionate, more alive, more awake, something that's going to keep you on your toes, you know, art and entrepreneurship and self-transformation and and all of those things, there's no rule book for it. Right. So you get to yes. play by your own rules. It's a choose your own adventure story. Yeah. And that makes life way more interesting, you know. Mm. You, you feel so much compassion for all these people that are in a state of hopelessness, and then, and then you also know that there's something much greater waiting for them if you push beyond the barrier, right? It's like mm. an addiction to hopelessness. It's because it's all that you know. It's a pattern. Mm. It's ingrained, and they're pouring it on heavy, and they're pouring it on thick and you don't know why and what's distracting you from this and from that but you know still that if you're not meeting your own core needs and the needs of your heart and soul and the needs of the people in your immediate sphere you can feel that pain and you can feel this disharmony so even if you don't know anything about what's going on in the world and you give your give up and throw your hands up that's fine 
you know, like it's a starting can't point know for, anymore. Like yeah. it's too much and it's too crazy. Right. Like all you have to know is like I've got to drink water. I've got to like look people in the eyes. I've got to like honor the sun. I've got to be barefoot in the ground. I've got to like finger paint. I've got to write for an hour. I've got to stretch. I've got to pick up that trash when I walk by it on the street. I've got to like tell that old woman that's walking by herself down the road that she looks beautiful and maybe walk with her for 15 minutes. Mm. That's all it is. You you have to, we, we essentially have to become more adept at listening and acting on the impulses of our soul opposed to the impulses of our, you know, our concern making machine. Our material drive, mm-hmm. our insecurity drive. Right. Like everybody is so caught up being so insecure about everything and not feeling good enough about anything about themselves that people, I literally see a globe of paralyzed people because they don't feel good enough to do anything and that's the saddest part is I mean we can clearly see there's so much beauty and potential when you see the monuments that people have made that's why I love art you know like you look at these sacred places around the world and you see our potential so it's like yeah that's beautiful and that that kind of segues for me to want to start exploring a little bit about Layla Love, the artist, because before we got on here, you kind of bridged this really beautiful idea about the way that you see and interpret art as a way for healing. Because a lot of us don't necessarily think of it that way. We think of it as beautiful and maybe awe-inspiring, but it's not always correlated as, a, as something that can actually help heal you. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I absolutely think that it's um, as essential as breath and exercise and lovemaking and drinking and being in the rain, like doing art and artifacts. It's what our culture is shaped on. It's what our history pivots on. And in time of Renaissance, when people were capable of a multitude of arts, is when we saw the highest level of consciousness therein. It's really the vehicle for steering consciousness. It's the vehicle that translates the visual coding for a society to rise to, right? So whether it's like through religious indoctrinization or into the visual, you know, the visionary community that exists now or abstraction, like visually, the mind is much more adept than in any other platform. Mm-hmm. And so you give people roadmaps to explore their own parameters and expand. Mm, I like that. You give people a roadmap that allows them to explore their own parameters. Yeah, it has nothing to do with you, your art. It's just like something, some frequency that you are given to channel and to put out as a part of the piece of the puzzle that people would reflect on because everything we're sharing, it's just whoever's listening to this, it's something different to each person, right? Mm -hmm. It's something different to you. It's something different to me. It's got that subjective nature that art always has. Right. And so, yeah, we never know why we stumble upon listening to something, right? But we do. 
and it affects us or or we turn it off. <laughs> and when it affects us, you know, that's literally changing our personality. Mm. You know, it's like art changes people and people change the world. Mm. Like it's very and and it adds purpose, it adds heart, it's like spirit and soul. You can't heal the whole unless you heal the soul. I've been saying that a lot lately in lectures and stuff. And uh, it's so true. It's so true. And I love what you're saying about the Renaissance period, where in the time of the greatest artistic creative expression, that was the height of consciousness and the expression of consciousness in so many beautiful ways. And what I feel like is happening now is we're going through a new Renaissance era, like a spiritual Renaissance. And people are finding different uh different ways to express the art that's in their heart yeah i think that with all the darkness there's a counterbalance of strong forceful beautiful waves of light that are emanating from people and you really see the expansion of our ability to comprehend and then i think these armies of artists that have evolved through our culture of self-exploration in America at least has been very engaged in a time of self, like individualism and promoting the self and mm. festival life and all sorts of ways that we've begun to explore our Renaissance capability. And now I think we've reached a moment where it's like, all right, what tools have you gained and how are you going to contribute them to the building of a foundation for something sustainable like how do we take this to the next level so I feel we're all looking to each other right now and really reaching out for collaborations because those partnerships are so beautiful and so key I think all art is a collaboration it's a mm. symphony you know mm-hmm. and our society is so run on competition right so if I win you have to lose yeah look at the tragedy that it's creating right now and and how we have to just kind of be the opposite of everything that's happening. Like, essentially, when I look out there, you want to steer. And there's so many people doing it. There's so many people rising all over the world right now. Like, it is the rise of the butterfly. It is the time where heroes are being born. It is the time where we're, like, living out our dreams. People are being brave. They're dying. They're being, like, you know lynched and ambushed for this freedom that we have mm. so i really believe it's honor it like hugely like go to egypt and see those temples mm. and bow down to their mightiness like that's why we plan trips like that to step outside of our own comfort so. mm. that's i thank you for bringing that up because i i was just thinking before you mentioned egypt which was so perfect I was thinking that when I have these conversations with you, especially in this moment, I get these um, sobriety points, as I call them, where I kind of wake up out of a egoic amnesia of concern, worry, fear, whatever. What's going to happen to me, typically? Yeah. Um, and then I step into a braver heart, and I see the the qualities of com- uh, of courage, which usually has to do with compassion, um, and these things, these higher qualities that aren't so much about me, but are about all of us and what I can do to help the whole. And I get a lot of that from you. So for you mentioning Egypt, 
you know, for all of you listening, if you followed me, um, and this, this audio obviously be, uh, released after the fact, but as we're recording it, I have not gone to Egypt yet. And that in of itself is an act of courage that you remind me of like, Hey, look, this is actually like, this is an act of bravery. You're stepping up and you're going into uncharted territory for yourself and you're open to the experience. And a lot of that is, you know, because of you. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, beautiful to orchestrate that magic, and I love Egypt so deeply. And yeah, I want to be building those monuments here in this time now. You know, we're working on on such massive scales mm. currently, and you see me bringing together these meetings and these groups of people. And the fun stuff is just how exciting. And willing people are to participate. Like, if you have a purpose and you have a drive, an energy, and you're willing to take something and follow it through, and you can begin to build a track record of, like, successfully completing Mm -hmm. mission Mm -hmm. after mission, Mm -hmm. then you build the momentum. And then it's, like, things that are seemingly close to impossible become in reach, you know, and it's... And, and that fear that you're talking about with the lack and the limitation, um, you know, I have that. Like, every, everybody has that. It's so deeply conditioned into us. But it's a willingness to, to have it and to move past it every day. How, how do you move past it? Um, sometimes they... Sometimes I cry, sometimes I box, sometimes I go to the ocean, sometimes I pray, sometimes I call my mom, Mm. sometimes I listen to music or a speaker or do breathing exercises, but, you know, whatever you do, you have only like five minutes to wallow. (laughs) That's so true. I I give myself a good five minutes, I'll listen to some heart-wrenching song Mm. and I'll sing and all the like tears will pour down my face. It's pretty intense. And then a few minutes later, like, a a bird is landing on my shoulder, I guess. Right. I, I think that's such a valuable point that you just you just made is that I see the extremes, right, of, of sometimes I don't not so much in myself anymore, but in a lot of people I observe is that either they suppress and bottle it up and act like it doesn't exist. Yeah. And then that creates obviously pressure and that'll come out in possibly destructive ways later on. Or there's people that um, live in that and they keep pushing the button on it. And I don't think they're fully letting that out in a, in a really healthy way. So I like what you said is just ahead of time, giving yourself permission to take five minutes and to go into it. Yeah, it's to go into it, but to still cultivate a discipline. Like there's only so much rain that helps a field before it drowns the field. Right? Mm. There's only mm. so much shit that helps fertilize <laughs> the field before it drowns the field. You know, so Mm. it's just understanding that a little bit of rain, a little bit of pressure, you know, diamonds are formed under pressure. Like we can't have these utopian 
perfect lives. Like, I don't think there's a human being alive that isn't multi-layered and multi-dimensioned and that has grown out of some trial and tribulation, you know? But it's learning to harness it. That's what art is, right? Like, oh, I'm feeling so much emotion. I could either self-destruct or I could start writing. I'll go with plan B. (laughs) Some say that the best artists are often the tortured souls. Yeah, well, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. They're Mm. also the jolliest, happiest, most passionate, loving people alive. You know? So I guess it's kind of finding it's 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 really knowing what that that modality of art is for yourself. And when you're in it, even if it doesn't necessarily feel what we would call like ecstatic, there is a sense of ecstaticness to it when you're in it. Right. Well, whether it's dance or poetry or writing or photography or whatever, the means of expression, it's moving beyond your linear senses into emotional like making your emotions visible right yes constructing Mm. some sort of visible framework for you to explore your own emotional pathways Mm. and your inner landscape how do you bring the inner landscape into the outer world because we all have an inner landscape right and that's why people go to museums or why people spend millions of dollars for a picture because this is a porthole into their inner world and they don't know how to express it wow and so being an artist is really just being a like boundary dweller and you're willing to go to the edge of your own emotion and like look over (laughs) the cliff and bring back a 3d you know output that you can share (laughs) This is really this is really hitting a lot of chords. Um, I was on the phone with the, with a dear client yesterday, and and I, it was a really great conversation. And one of the things that came up for me was because she was saying like, you know, I just feel like I keep having to start over, and I get these little glimpses of like the top of the mountain, but then I'm like back at the bottom. I said that is exactly how you know you're on the right track because life is giving you a glimpse of what's possible, but then you actually have to be the one to climb up the mountain. Yeah, it's an intense thing to actually, I mean, for me, it's taking years, right? Like it takes every day just a willingness to cut a little bit more of the rope, to cut a little bit more of the things that are binding you the, mm. there's so many incredible exciting beautiful fascinating things to explore in the world and we're on a merry-go-round right like everybody's <laughs> spinning around at a hundred billion miles an hour mm. and it's it's fantastic and it's what gravity is but there's something else what is that something else is it some sort of anchor it's it's a beauty in slowing down. It's mm-hmm. a beauty. You know when you're at the beach and you can, like, run along every beach along the coastline of Hawaii and, like, see them all for five minutes? Or you can explore, mm. like, put on a snorkel or just look at, like, one pile of sand and see all the little shells in mm-hmm. it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just having having time for the micro details of anything Mm -hmm. like the people in our own lives, like the people in your house, like, do you know what 
what color they like and what altitude they like and what sounds and what dreams and who their heroes are. Like these are the things that really deeply can tighten our social net and also open our own light field, right? Like just by understanding another human because we get so caught up in ourselves. Yeah. So that's like the strength in, in taking time for these conversations. And, you know, that's why through generations of history, storytelling is what got our culture through. Mm-hmm. That's why people write on cave walls. That's why yeah. hieroglyphics were invented. You know? Right. Because we need this. We actually need it for evolution. It's not like a luxury. Everything is wrapped up in some form of a story. Yeah. There was this beautiful woman in this this movie, Mythic Journeys, and it's all about mythology essentially as the guiding light of life and how we even understand life and each other through mythology. And she said that the world is literally, catch that, literally suffering from literalism. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's my point exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's why I go, you have to go wild. Like, you have to, if you're alive, you have to allow yourself to roll around in the sand under the full moonlight. Like, if you haven't done that, then you're not really alive, you know? Like, go into the forest, be barefoot in the mud, like, rub it all over your fucking face. Like, you have to paint different colors over things and experiment experiment the keyword experiment like like light let your life be your laboratory don't be afraid to make a mistake or to do something wrong or whatever societal kind of rule you have like you, you you're it's all really just an experiment at the end of the day right and that's what art seems to be something is born out of something yeah it's the joy of not trying to be perfect it's the joy of exploring imperfection and all its beauty and raw, rusty, grimy grit and truth and layers mm. and full spectrum of color and black and white. Those things that are indigenous, who are our makeup, our imprint, it's in our DNA, creativity. You know, it's not like it comes to people, it's not a learned behavior, it's inherent. Mm. And there's only a few inherent behaviors. Mm, that's sweet i like that you um you were speaking earlier to me about this idea of of art and the feminine quality of art to balance out a lot of the masculine like overt linear literal straightforwardness of even healing like for example taking a supplement taking um a certain thing to get a chemical reaction to get one plus one equals two right but healing like all things in life are nonlinear. Yeah, absolutely. I think a beautiful example was um, one of your patients that was here with us earlier this year who had breast cancer and having an opportunity to speak to her Mm. and watch you give her a beautiful, really strong protocol that would transform her body, but being able to speak to her in the in the realms of cellular memory and in the realms of yeah. what songs could retune your frequency because sound is so healing and and you know color therapy and to put clay on her breast and to stand under the 
the open night sky and to scream and to yell and to cry and to dance and to chant, like all of those things that have been made to feel extreme, they're not extreme. They're part of every culture across every Ugh. land up until just a few years ago when we've been brainwashed by these box TVs that like put mm-hmm. us in these, you know, mm-hmm. ex- we're in fundamental times yeah. across the globe. You mm-hmm. know, people are way more, way more passionate and beautiful. Like any person that I've ever met, I don't care how degenerate you think that they are. If you give them a chance, like a little bit of a chance, it's amazing how how much desire there is in the human will to thrive. Not oh. just to survive, but to oh, thrive. Man. Like, it is in us. Like, if there's any billionaires listening to this, I hope that you pour, like, 75% of your wealth into the people around you and see the magic that happens and watch mm-hmm. You know, have flow funds. Like, really do it. If you have a few dollars, get out and start wheat pasting on the street. Let's cover the roads and the walkways and the ghettos and all the different spaces with beauty and with art. You know, I have a friend that has a Beautify LA program, and there's all these ways that you can beautify your own community and the communities around you and really explore that because... Um, different cultures are like different supplements and different superfoods and different books and different libraries and different genres of music. Like the more widespread your knowledge, the more alive you are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the more of a symphony Mm -hmm. you have to create with a toolkit. I'm excited for people. I'm I'm excited for people despite the odds. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I've I have always had the belief that um, I can always give every single human being the benefit of the doubt. You know, if I'm not in their shoes, then I can't fully know what somebody's going through, what has what they've gone through, and what's inside of them. And like you said, when somebody that is down and out and nobody supports them, sometimes all they need is one. They just need one person to believe in them and then watch out. I've seen it happen over and over with people that most people would count out. In fact, they've been counted out by society. But then like one nice word, one eye to eye contact, one word of affirmation, affirming their greatness that they didn't know was there. But then they see someone else affirming it automatically. Some kind of seed gets planted. And in some people, I've seen it, it grow quickly. Yeah, for sure. And all the better, like, if you can choose one person to mentor like that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't juggle too much, nice to tell 50 people they're awesome, but way nicer 50 weeks in a row to tell the same person Mm -hmm. they're awesome. That's the longevity factor again, right? It's Mm -hmm. like really seeing a child like, oh, this kid plays the flute and so do I. Like, okay. Or this kid plays basketball and so do I. Yes. Whatever, just find some common interests and play it out for as long as you can, you know. Mm, yeah, and then that person, not to objectify them, but they become a living work of art. Yeah, as do you. Yeah, you're but you're you're pouring into another human being, knowing that they're this organic creature, this human being that that is going to somehow take what you give them and and metamorphosize it in some way that's going to benefit their life. For sure. And 
and the lives of many, like the yes. rippling effect. And then there's those ones that are like bamboo, you know, bamboo you have to pour water on for five years <laughs> consistently right. without any results. None. But if you stop watering it, nothing, they're going to die. And then all of a sudden they'll grow to 90 feet within three months. That is a great, that is a great perspective for all the parents out there. Yes, please be patient with your little ones, parents. These little ones are like being persecuted with vaccinations. They're being persecuted to have to be in a school system where they're medicated and dumbed down and the cartoons and the the junk. Just, oh, even if you're the most ideal parent in the world, just like be so super patient with those those children and let them blossom at their own rate, you know. Mm-hmm. In New York City, there's competition to get into kindergartens. Wow. Because, you know, what kindergarten you start in affects what university you go to. So there's, like, all these crazy pre-kindergarten classes that all these Upper East Side, Upper West Side kids are in. It's, like, intense. So those those children aren't even getting an opportunity from the beginning of their life to even live their life that's being mapped out for them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that. Like everything else, like you can also say they have the privilege to like expand their brain at early ages, which true. is incredible. It's true. Yeah. You know, but it's just the balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to like persecute that. I think for sure. it would be amazing if every child had access to it, mm-hmm. but not obviously for the reason of, you know, competing to the death. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass in Wall Street in 20 years, buddy. <laughs> right. You know, then the whole schooling is just pure race. Right. Like these kids, they have so much pressure to make so much money. Mm. Got to be a lawyer. You got to be a doctor. You've got to have a big house. You got to live in the suburbs. You got to do real estate. And if your kids aren't wearing like Burberry, then you suck. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's a it's a cage whether you're in a gilded you know competitive like capitalism cage right whether it's a shabby prison cell or a gold gilded cage it's still a cage mm-hmm. so i think our job as human beings is to be edge dwellers to really allow yourself, like if you're listening to this, it's only because you want to break free and rip off the masks and be brave and step outside. And what it took for me to like take off, you know, all the makeup and all the city and all the glamour and all of that drive to be the best and just let it go. You see me here, how many hours I spend Mm -hmm. by myself, like down by the, you know, in nature, just like, Humbling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that hasn't been easy for you because you are from New York and you do have <laughs> that drive, right? Yeah. And you do have tremendous amount of opportunities, but you're choosing in this point in time to humble yourself because you have a long view. Right. You know that okay, I could do all this, but you know there's things within you that you want to work on, and you know that if you go back into the machine. Even though it's a fun machine, if you go back prematurely, you're going to burn out and then you can't really fulfill your destiny. Right. So, yeah, that patience, right? That longevity, that patience, that old fashioned patience is a virtue type of (laughs) mantra. And 
yeah, we can be good enough for each other. We can fool each other with social media into thinking everybody's got the most awesome life all the time ever. And that, you know, whatever, we can create so many smoke and mirrors and have people bow down at the feet and pay millions of dollars for this picture or that because we declare it to be so. But Right. But why, you know, mm-hmm. why have you know, but the real art is the art of living. And if you're not doing that, then nothing else is real to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've already played that game, you know? Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to win at that game. And I hate them. Well, <laughs> I, I love what Tony Robbins said, is that the greatest failure is to succeed and be unfulfilled. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if you get one taste of success, then you know you can do it. And it's enough to just step back and really refine your talent. Like, just because you get a taste doesn't mean you should have the, the whole thing right there. You have to practice restraint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been mastering that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me change gears here now. <clears throat> you know, there is a... Okay, so I want to change gears here for a second. We were talking earlier about this really fantastic idea that at some point in our life, especially if you're guided by your dharma, your your purpose, then a lot of your life has to become about service. And you were telling me that, you know, I that you perceive that I'm at a place in my life where the success, the quote unquote success, we'll call it that I that I believe that I'm ready for is not going to fully manifest until I donate enough of my attention and my focus on actually the service work um, that I might be thinking that I'm going to do later. But it's actually something that I have to start putting the, the pieces together now. Yeah, absolutely. You have to do it now. I have to do it now. Everyone has to do it now. Like, the world is shaking, erupting, like the earth is angry and like channeling that we must respond now, mm-hmm. not later, not when you're comfortable millionaire with a house and this and that and you reach the like golden dream and you're in all the tabloid magazines, you know, whatever. Like people are also starstruck these days, like everybody it's beautiful, you know, that we all are sharing our talents, but there's also so much competition in every field and everybody's packaging and marketing themselves. And and at what point are we losing the real experience? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I rem- what is it like to, you know, now you go to every concert and you're, you're photographing and filming like everybody's got their camera phones everybody's seeing but they're not actually having the experience right and so we're losing so much by constantly recording and editing life which Mm. is like there's a balance you know there's a time I used to have my camera on all the time and people hated me my family was so sick of me like (laughs) oh my goodness I always was photographing and filming like so many details. I have hundreds of thousands of negatives, like storage units full of amazing like stuff from my studio. And um, it's an archive. But at some point now, 
I have specific conversations that are recorded like this one <laughs> or specific moments when I make art because it has a purpose and an intention mm-hmm. and a sharing. And then there's other times when I actually go out and just go through undocumented, unshared, unposted experiences. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. I think it's really crucial that we love ourselves more then we love the image of ourselves. Mm. Like people are so <laughs> caught up in the image of themselves and I don't give a fuck sometimes. I can't handle it anymore. It's like there's so much more substance and ability and creative input that they can channel and have such rich, deep experiences like heirloom experiences. Mm-hmm. And there's a sacredness to that. There's a reason that all, you know, now even shamans are like becoming a commercialized industry. Mm -hmm. You go to like Central America, South America, Peru, and you have to, you know, or you go to everywhere you go, there's smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like whether you're going to Las Vegas to gamble, whatever you're doing, you lost (laughs) So, yeah, I, I feel like hearing this, it, it brings me back to the simple the simple act of being of service. It brings you back into the present moment in the substance of life. Yeah, when I was in India, I was working at Mother Teresa's orphanage for the terminally ill. And that was, for me, one of the most poignant experiences, for sure, because I was holding babies that were dying. Like talk about being in the present moment. Like you're pouring your time and your energy and your life into something that's leaving, Mm. you know, and still how valuable that love is, how potent that love is, how it's going to change the karma and the connection and the consciousness, you know, to, yeah. And that's what service is. Like, that's why people go, on Thanksgiving to work at a soup kitchen, but there's so much more, you know, and sometimes we get glimmers of movements Mm. and, and they light up and spark a whole thing. And that is getting more and more, you know, people are coming together in brave and exciting, beautiful ways right now. You see our population like really alivening. And so it's just inviting that more. It's inviting people to not go to the mall and instead go out and plug in, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not just or not just go to get another Body Works Spa facial festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, re- reallocate your resource of time if that's all you have, your your energy, and put that in a in a more a collectively beneficial direction. Yeah. And having something concrete is awesome. Like I have one mission, one nonprofit, like rise of the butterflies, my nonprofit, all the work that I'm doing for my whole life will channel through this one thing. Like it's steady. Like it's been steady, you know? And I love that consistency and the momentum that you can build with consistency. So like for you choosing tigers or for anybody choosing like any, everything needs help. That's the awesome that, right. Thing. Yes. Right. So yes. like 
That is amazing. <laughs> every, every single arena that you can imagine is looking for somebody to make it better. And service doesn't have to be like Peace Corps. Service can be so many Walking things. someone across the street is an act of service. Yeah. Something um, so, you know, even just having, you know, a nice conversation with your grandmother. You know? But doing the best you can at, at your art, leading classes, leading workshops, leading retreats, or just participating in them. Mm -hmm. Participation is a really huge part of service. Just participating in your comrades' events. Are you going to mm -hmm. your friends' art openings? Are you going to your friends' lectures? Are right. you, like, co-supporting, you know? There's a balance. And it's so beautiful, reciprocation. Reciprocation is, like, the sexiest, <clears throat> most gorgeous quality of life. Mm. And, you know, that's why we have on our door... This sign, what does it say? Let go of the things you like to make room for the things you love. That's another another kind of ode to the shiny, the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I just thought about too all the lectures that I've given over California and Los Angeles, and I did notice that um there would be certain people in my in my core group and my uh, contemporaries that would show up for certain things that I did, and that and I remembered that. And then I would I would I didn't really think of it this way, but I would actively go and support what they're doing, or maybe tag them or promote maybe their book release on Facebook. Not because they asked me, they didn't ask me, but it was in my heart because it's like, wow, okay, that person's winning. Let me help them win more. Yeah, reciprocity and cooperation are the fundamental keys to the, the solution that mm -hmm. is needed right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically, like, how can we support each other? Yeah. How, how are we, first of all, how are we supporting ourselves? Right. Like, everybody has wounds, and I think, you know, that's why I'm stepping back. You know, I have a myriad of of opportunities ahead of me right now. Mm -hmm. You see me still stepping back and narrowing them down yes. because I'm, yeah, that's why I'm not in the center of it all right now because I'm still tending to those wounds while actively doing service work. But there's a really important, like if, if you're rotting and festering inside mm -hmm. and you're like, cultivating the outer world like that's a total imbalance too you right, know right. so it really goes both ways right I, li I like that um because you bring yourself to your art right you don't you don't try to uh siphon your art to to fill you up you actually have to fill yourself up so you runneth over into your art yeah you bring yourself to your life like right. whether you're an artist or well, the not, art of like, life. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. I mean, whatever you are, you're bringing yourself to it. Like you're not, I don't believe in this concept that we are responsible for cultivating every single element of our reality. No. I think it's a co-creation. Yeah. I think there's a relationship between us and the world that we perceive. Mm -hmm. And so you just bring what you bring. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, we're all going to face different devastations, different triumphs, all so many beautiful things. But, yeah, what are you bringing all the time? What are you bringing to me? That's what I always ask myself. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, with the time we have left, I'd love for you to share some of the, the work that you've been doing. I know that, you know, the Rise of the Butterfly Project, and we talked a little bit about that in our previous our previous podcast. Um, I, I just watched you pump out this book. There's like this book you've been working on within like 12 hours the other night or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the incredible thing, right? That's like how Picasso said it took them 30 years to learn how to paint in 30 seconds, right? Mm. So he, um, yeah, it's, it's the same with Olympic trainers. Anything that you do over time and cultivate, you build up a reservoir. Right. So if you love something, build up a reservoir. And then when you're ready, yeah, you can pull the drain and it makes a waterfall. Like yeah. I could take it one cup at a time mm-hmm. or I can just waterfall it. And that's right. what I do with projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the, yeah, the book for Rise of the Butterfly and all of the service work related. It will go through a nonprofit that works with adding art media into working with the women's media center and with different sex trafficking organizations to cultivate awareness and the ability to eroticize equality, Mm. you know, to really, instead of eradicating pornography, just to transform it into something healthy and, and lustful Mm. and, and, and erotic and beautiful and to know the difference. Mm-hmm. So we're working on on the complicated spaces, right, on the frontiers of how do I mix service work and pleasure and creativity and self-development, mm-hmm. you know. I really want to have a whole life. So it's about, you know, one of the projects you see us doing is the underwater sculpture garden. Mm-hmm. So there's something to do with nature something to do with women, something to do with passion. So, and then, and then you know, I start this water cleanse and fast in a few days, and mm-hmm. 15 days of yoga and four days of meditation and all these things in the month ahead in intensive workshop style. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking time for yeah. movement. That's yeah, cool. you're doing the work. You're doing the work. yeah and there's a sense of satisfaction that comes up even though you may be dreading it or it's difficult well i don't i don't i just mean uh generally speaking like sometimes like we might be dreading something that's going to be really great for us and the the commitment of it we know that it's going to require everything we have to give in order to become everything that we can become and that can be daunting um so i just so i commend you and i commend everyone out there that in your own your own unique way you are making that daily choice to do the work the imperfect work yeah the gritty thankless tireless work that only you'll know the difference for deep in the core of your soul and that's all that matters if i can leave only one understanding is that all that matters is how you feel about yourself when you go to sleep That's a good metric people can use if they needed something to like 
to measure, right? We're in that kind of world. So people do, they feel like they need something like some kind of app or something to tell them about their blood pressure or whatever. And okay, great. So if you need something like that, what a great metric to have when you lay your head down to go to sleep, review your day. How do you feel about that? Do you feel good about that? And if not, then maybe there's something to refine. So the next day you can feel better. And when you wake up, whatever you're still, if you're still holding on to something, that's what you've got to work on right away. And that's your breath work. That's your meditation. Like I see you have this beautiful systematic, like I'm the captain. I go to sleep at this time and I'm like working in this very like linear, like fighter champion way. And you, you see me out here in the night in the garden, like, Mm -hmm. you know, making books under the moonlight so Mm -hmm. it's a very different pathway it's still similar similar nature about it though it's just different rules apply maybe in a certain sense but it's still the core essence the focus the passion is very much the same i think yeah 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 but it's nice to have variety in our in the ways that we orchestrate our passion you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that's my like what are the comforts and where we overlap right like Mm. what are those there's differences and then there's comforts in between and so it's like Mm. yeah it's a sweet knowing each one of us uh finds our own homeostatic balance yeah it's really important to know who's around you and why and and like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, like be sacred with not just what you put in your body, but on your body and around your body and like through and for and in between, like it all matters. Mm. It all matters. Every little thing. So if you can't get, if you have one weakness, just let that weakness be and work on some strength, right? Sometimes people get stuck. They're like, oh, I want to be good at this thing. And it's like, really really hard for them so it's Mm -hmm. like okay still still work from your strengths and still work on that but there has to be a balance like if you're so caught up in only your weaknesses and i've got to evolve and i've got to be perfect like we just live in that high pressure Mm -hmm. high pressure culture Mm -hmm. globally globally Mm -hmm. like people in japan have the highest suicide rate we were talking about that and they're also like so intelligent and driven and amazing Mm -hmm. like you know where's the pressure on you to be more and more and more never never good enough enough. yeah never enough Mm -hmm. yeah that's a immovable wall So you've got to learn to walk through walls, essentially. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Activate different faculties. Oh, so good. Um, Is there any last uh, parting insights you'd like to share with everyone? To be a force of nature, you know, to really find out what your nature is and to move with it. And to not move with anybody else's opinions, not Mm. to move with the daily chatter of the outside world, but to move from the animal within, like move from your instincts to really bring it back to the basics. Because I think our instincts are inherently to be loving, kind, compassionate, creative, euphoric creatures, Mm -hmm. you know, with ups and downs and 
and and the dark night of the soul, but essentially all of that is perfect and you don't have to medicate any of it. You just have to cultivate it. Mm. I don't think there's any sicknesses. There's just a sick society and a sick culture that is allowing symptoms to permeate all of us. So I just see each being as a whole healthy expression of, of spirit and light. And I, I love Jay Krishnamurti said that it is no measure of good health to maintain in a profoundly sick society. Yeah, you don't want to fit in anymore. You can't. Yeah. Like it's it's a mold that's not working. It's infringing on, you know, the very, there's a, a malnourishment of the soul yeah. and of purpose. Like the preciousness of life is lost to the trait of like them. You see it with the murder rates. Like if we, if people understood what one person was capable of, mm-hmm. like how beautiful each one of us is as a potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So at least honor yourself. Like if the world doesn't have time to honor you, still honor yourself. To honor yourself. If everybody thinks you're crazy, honor yourself. If Mm. everybody thinks you're the best, honor yourself. Pretty much no matter what's going on, honor yourself. Yeah, and then have integrity to bow down to everyone you meet. Mm, That's beautiful. On that note, thank you so much for joining me once again. Yeah, it was very wonderful to share with a mysterious world of of people that we live with you on this earth. Mm -hmm. my pleasure and everyone else out there thank you for tuning in to another episode of the official ronnie landis podcast show with our special guest layla love and uh as always just thank you so much for tuning in to these incredible insightful very rich conversations that we have and um, sometimes we take a departure from the, re- the, how do you say that we, we leave the reservation sometimes <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, it's, it's really just an exploration into the fringes of consciousness and, you know, all the insights that can come through you. I just really, as, as I conclude this, I just want to say to all of you, as you're listening to this, Whatever resonates with you, whatever insight comes through you, that's the thing to put your magnifying glass on. Just write it down. If you're walking with your phone, do something to anchor that insight because that's a gift to you and that will lead you somewhere that you might want to you might want to explore. So with that, thank you guys so much and we will tune in on the next episode. Aloha.